It's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 64, for Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. How you doing, onesies? Welcome back to the show, if you've heard this before, and if you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for taking the time to click play or to search out this podcast. I love having you here. Uh, what did I do last week? A couple little things when we talk about this episode. I finished an entire season of a show. That never happens for me. Um, you know, unless it's one of those little four, four season things on Netflix. That's not a season. That's a mini series. They don't use that term on Netflix. They call it a four episode season and that's horse shit and we know it, but I finished a real season of a show. Uh, I've been writing uh, some new jokes and uh, doing stand up this week. What do you know? What do you know? I mouthed off last week and I, I lit a fire under myself and, uh, and did some new jokes. I did some, I got my new bookings for absolute. So I'll be announcing to you guys a little later on, uh, you know, where you can see me around the Ontario at the absolute comedy clubs. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be, uh, well, I say charitable. I made an attempt on something. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about it later on. Of course, I'll read the email that I got. Uh, and that's it. So starting right off, I, I, uh, as soon as the last episode was there, I went downstairs and, uh, as soon as that's so funny the way I said that, uh, a, it doesn't make sense because the episode, uh, is released the day after. So I didn't release it. So as soon as I was done recording the episode, right? I do these on Tuesdays. I'm actually speaking to you from the past. It's still July, 2018 when I'm talking to you, of course, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Anyways, going back to them, like as soon as the last episode aired there, I uh, went downstairs. No, I didn't. I, uh, as soon as the last episode was recorded, I went down and I watched a few episodes of the three, uh, the third season of Better Call Saul. I was going to say season three at the same time. I'm really not doing good at talking. And all I've had is one sip of wine. And I had a big long nap this afternoon. Mm-hmm. My uh, co-pilot today is a nice little cab sove Merlot. <laughs> That's all it is. But I'm here by myself. I have a co-pilot. It's the booze, right? And it chimes in every now and again. But... Uh, yeah, today I have a little uh, cab sauv Merlot, and when I'm done, I'm going to go out back, and uh, I got myself a cigar today. Just found a little cigar shop while I was out driving the Uber, and uh, I'm going to sit, and uh, I got, also got a nice little uh, Ballantine's 15-year-old scotch, uh, which was way, way too cheap a price to pass up as a part of the first series, so Ballantine's 15-year-old, I'm going to have a little glass of that and smoke a stick. And then figure out what I'm going to do with this life that I've been given. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I watched uh, watched third season of Better Call Saul. Uh, no spoilers. All I can say is that uh, I have, I think two years ago, I had cable and I PVR'd the entire thing and never got around to watching it. Um, I say never got around to it. So I was actually saving it. Crystal and I were, uh, were still together at the time and she was catching up on the second season and I'd saved the third season and it just never happened that we were able to sit down and watch together. And then I canceled my, uh, my cable and all that shit. And, uh, back the box went with, uh, with the stored sacred episodes. So it's finally on Netflix. I was downstairs doing the elliptical and I throw the, uh, the Netflix on down there and I just saw a better call. So I was like, are you kidding me? So Started watching maybe 10, 10, 20 minutes of that, but, uh, that, and, and Simon came down and he was like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's better call Saul season three. He's like, oh my God, I'd love to watch it. So I uh, turned it off, did the podcast. And then him and I started watching it. I, I, I don't know what to tell you guys about that. I think maybe it's because I've, I've waited like two and a half years to see it that, uh, a little underwhelmed, you know, it was still great. Still one of the better shows out right now, but 
you know, and then compelling enough to, to actually have me just sit there and watch it and not get anxious that I should be doing something better with my time. But, uh, eh, that's all I could say. Fourth season's coming out. Uh, you know, uh, the ending is, is the usual. It's so oh, what, what, what happens next? Um, but I gotta say it wasn't as compelling as the first two seasons overall, just fun, fun things. And you know, you blow through it quick. But uh, I think in this particular season, the one thing that I will say, it's not exactly a spoiler because, I mean, if you have a fucking brain in your head, you're going to know this this shit has to happen at some point anyways, is that um, at, at, at this season, you see them trying to introduce a lot of the characters that were in Breaking Bad. Um, not everybody, all right? But you see a lot of this sort of little cameo stuff, and, and it felt just a smidge on the side of Forced. You know, it just felt like they were trying to fucking shoehorn a few extra characters in there. So, um, not bad turning, turn, like, I, I mean, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it, it felt like Saul was certainly not, uh, as main a character this season as they tried to shoehorn those other people in, but regardless, watch better call Saul. And that happened over the course of a, a few evenings. So Simon and I watched a few episodes and then, uh, Yeah. I mean, I did my Uber in the morning, nothing, nothing to report there. Um, maybe a little bit later on with the humble brag, I think, but, uh, I, uh, on Wednesday I launched the DK contest of last week. I told you guys about it. I did the, uh, you know, gave you a little explanation and there's still, well, I guess at this point there's no, no time to, uh, to really give you any more chance. Like right now, while I'm speaking, there's time, but, but not when you're hearing, um, I'll be doing a, a live video, you know? after this, uh, recording. So hopefully you guys saw it <laughs> hasn't happened yet, but hopefully you saw it and got some more ballots and it's going to be a, it's going to be a last call for ballots in for the DK contest, but I will be announcing the winner to update my notes here. Winner announcement. Cause I'm going to do a live video. Um, I'm going to do it on Instagram and what's the other one there? Facebook. So I'll probably get the iPad set up and the, uh, phone set up and have one streaming on one, one on the other. So you guys know everything's on the up and up. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to think what would be the perfect time to do that. You know, what time does everyone, uh, well, does, again, none of this matters. I'm like, Oh, would you, what, what time would uh, work for you guys? Well, you know what? I could still do that. I can pause it, the question. So I'm thinking that I'll do the live announcement around somewhere around 5 PM but let's go with six. Let's go with 6 PM. Cause that gives you guys time to get home from work and, you know, tune in or whatever to see if your name is called. But you know, you have the entire day to tell me what time works better. So, you know, message me, right. Or send me an email contact at one man podcast.com and let me know what time would be the best for me to do the live draw. So as it stands right now, I'm thinking six o'clock. So be sure to have liked, followed, subscribed, whatever to one man podcast and social media so that you can uh, see the live video and see if your name is drawn. And, uh, yeah. All right. All over the fucking map. So DK contest, uh, they're super excited. They, they, uh, you know, I've been chatting with my guy. They're really happy with all of the, the, the tweets and retweets and, and shares and likes and all that stuff. So, you know, thank you so much to everyone who participated. Didn't have a whole lot of, um, different people. Like I'd say there's maybe about 10 different people that, that actually participated, but those of you who did participate, uh, you guys went at it hard, man. It's gonna be interesting to see who wins. I'm already, I have to tell you, uh, this is the first, like, like I said, the, the contest that people seem to be really wicked into. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to know that some of you are going to be really disappointed when I, when the winner gets drawn, 
you know, and I'm really happy for whoever wins. I really truly am. Um, and I'm so sorry if you didn't win because you guys' efforts are so fucking awesome. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, and I'm sure DK is interested in doing more contests later on. And and, and I have other things coming from other uh, partners and shit later on too. So, and shit. That's how I refer them. Partners and shit. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's going to be fun. I did, uh, I did some writing too uh, last Thursday. I, uh, you know, I, I went to absolute comedy, um, to do a spot on Thursday night and, and, you know, during that day we got some bookings done. So Jason and the assistant manager of the club were, uh, were doing their bookings and I went and I was like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm due for, uh, for some, some week runs at absolute. So, uh, week long runs, not that my run would be weak as in feeble. It may be if I'm doing all new jokes, it might very well be. Hmm. What do you think, co-pilot? Ah, you're going to be fine. Um, <laughs> so um, I may as well hit you guys with that. Absolute comedy, if you're in any of these areas. So August 14th to 19th, I'm going to be in Toronto. That's only a couple of weeks away. Um, so yeah, the, the, the week of August 14th to the 19th, I will be hosting in Toronto. Uh, I know I've got a lot of friends in the, uh, you know, the London area and, uh, and surrounding areas. Would love it if any one of those days you guys are able to, uh, I know it's a couple, it's, I'm asking you to drive a couple hours, but I'll tell you what, I'll get you free tickets to the show. So if you're able to, to make the trip in to come see me, your tickets are on me. You know what I mean? I'll buy you a couple of drinks while you're out. So all you got to pay is the gas and invest the time. But uh, aside from that, would love to see some of my friends uh, in that area. You guys are awesome. Fucking Awesome. Um, I will be here in my home city of Ottawa at absolute comedy, September 27th to 30th. So feel free to call and make your reservations. Now would love to see all my local people who never get out. I will be featuring. So that's a week where I'm going to be working on my new stuff. So hosting is me just fucking around with the crowd, but I will tell you right now, my, uh, my week here in Ottawa featuring, I will be working on some of the new stuff. So come out and watch me flounder with new material. <laughs> I say flounder, but I'm fucking around with it now. So it's probably going to be pretty good by the time September, the end of September rolls around. It'd be right before my trip to Los Angeles. And then, uh, if you're in the Kingston, Ontario area, I will actually be there December 26th through 31st, which means I will be one of the acts on new year's Eve in Kingston. See how hard that party town parties. It's not a party town. It's an education and military town. So we'll see how hard Kingston parties on new year's. So there you go. Toronto, August 14th, 19th, Ottawa, September 27th, the 30th and Kingston, December 26th to the 31st. So, uh, looking forward to that. The, uh, the new joke went okay. I went a little bit, uh, Went a little bit ad lib at one point in the joke and I, and I sort of, I don't know why I felt, I felt comfortable with this crowd. The crowd was good. I felt comfortable going, doing a sort of new little stupid joke that I was, that I sort of a little throwaway joke I, I did with, uh, another comic that got him laughing pretty good. And I was like, ah, I'll give it a try with these guys. And it did not go well. I don't know if they didn't get it or if they were just terrified to laugh at it, but, uh, more on that another time. I'll, maybe I'll play that for you guys someday. I recorded it, not happy with how it went though. So there's no way I'm sharing that with everybody. Um, <laughs> just get myself in trouble too. I did a small joke about, uh, transgenders and not about them themselves is, but people's motivation. So I was, I was insinuating that maybe not everyone who's trying to switch teams is doing it for the right reasons. Um, like I said, I'm very happy to see, ah, fuck, I may as well tell you the goddamn joke now, get myself in shit. 
because um, I can't keep my app shut. I'm like the person's like, no, I don't want to tell you. I totally do. Um, I did a joke about how uh, I think it's great that uh, that a lot of people who are transgenders are able to come out and transgendered, not transgenders. You know, trannies. No, I'm not saying anything like that. No, the people who are who are transgendered, who are comfortable coming out and being themselves. I'm like, it's great. I go, I think it's it's great to see. Like, you know, at first it seemed to be something that you didn't see very often, but now that people are so comfortable and the climate's getting much warmer, you see people do it. I'm like, that's great. I'm like that or Maybe there's some guys out there who just see which way the wind is blowing, right? The way things are trending, winter is coming and, uh, go, you know what? <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm ready to switch teams, right? I feel like it's, I feel like they're like Billy Zane, right? They see that the, the, the male boat is sinking, right? And they go, shit, I got to get the fuck off this boat. Women and children right here. I'm a, well, I cannot wait to switch that. Boo, men. Boo. Right. I think they're, I think they're jumping ship, <laughs> right? Right at the right time. I think they're, uh, they're ahead of their time and they know, they know it's, that was, that was the joke effectively. And I said, I feel really bad for women who want to transgen, uh, to, sorry, to, to, to transition into men. Cause I'm like, shit, you put up with all this garbage for this long. I would wait it out just a little while longer. It's just about to get good. Now, this is a little caveat I'll put out there. A little, uh, footnote, an asterisk that of course wasn't there on stage that night. I'm the joke is that people are changing teams and that the benefit of switching teams. Now, someone who has no love or joy in their life might hear that and go, they're not changing sex because it, they think it's better on the other side. They're doing it because it identifies who they are on the inside. I know, I'm aware. It's called humor, comedy. It's not 100% serious. Go back to your cats, they need you. Um, <laughs> sorry. But uh, those people there that night weren't uh, weren't bad about that at all. I think it was just that everybody, especially in Ottawa, <coughs> government politically correct town, um, it's uh, it's very tight. And if you, as soon as you say the word transgender, it's like Voldemort. Everyone's like, oh, you can't say that, not out loud. So, anyways, I did that joke, and it uh, it, it it fell flat, fell flat in its face, and uh, as it should. And I did it way too early in my set. <laughs> I did not have their trust. I should have waited until later on, but, uh, the, the whole joke was actually just about, uh, you know, just uh, dating apps, you know how it is just dating apps. And I did not bring the transgender things into the dating apps because sometimes when you swipe right on everything and then you match and then you read their profile and you go, ho, I did not read everything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you know, I swiped right and I'm a man of my word. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Anyways, so did the no new joke, uh, some, definitely some good hits on that. I, uh, I, I had some tastings on the weekend. Those are boring as fuck. Um, I, I did, uh, I watched, you know what? One night I came back after, uh, after a tasting and, uh, it was just Jay hanging out here at the house. And I, I was telling him, you know what they got on the Netflix now? They got that planet earth too. <clears throat> and I never watched the first one. I know that it was a big, a huge phenomenon of super popular. So naturally they, they did a planet earth too. And why wouldn't they? But, um. Jay was just hanging out and I had nothing on my uh, agenda. So I was like, Jay, you want to, you want to have a drink? We'll watch some of this fucking 4k planet earth, which we did. And it was outstanding. If you like animals and, uh, basically we just like to stare at, at the insanity of nature and get drunk. I highly recommend planet earth too. We watched a few episodes of that. It was outstanding. Watched a cheetah kill an alligator. That was cool. I don't really like alligators. I don't care for them very much. Not much personality to them. Um, so yeah, anyways, I watched, uh, watched that happen, watched life take its course 
You know, I wonder if the animals have a safe space in nature. Who's who's looking out for the animal's feelings as something jumps out of a tree and ends its life? Huh? You can't can't say words here because they upset people and we have safe spaces, right? Getting them ready for the new world. I would love to see these people who have no concept of of you know, what just what's natural and and whatnot. Just watch them like go on a trip and accidentally go out to the wrong part and get stranded out in the wilderness, you know? And and just walking around confident because they have no concept that that if you your rights and things like that, right? Walking around talking about you don't have the right to this and I have the right to to my this and that and this is you have to create a safe space for me. It's like, all right, you're gonna get eaten because no part of you understands the way things actually are. And uh and what you expect uh, doesn't is not a real thing. It's not a real thing. It's a man-made thing or a, a person a person kind made thing. And um and it's gonna disappoint you. When when the chips are down, your expectations are gonna get you killed. Anyways, what is with me? This oh that's right, it's the co-pilot. Co-pilot, slurpity slip, slurpity sip sip sip. co-pilot. Mm. Um Yeah. What else? What else do I got here on this list? I'm just motoring through last week. I think it's because I want to go drink that scotch, and it's so nice outside. Not only that, but I don't really have much new to report. You know, I'm excited. I am having a good week. <sighs> we went to bed early that night too. Both just said drank, <laughs> got shit faced, got shit faced watching Planet Earth. That is pretty funny to me. Two fucking older guys just sitting around. I was drinking like, I, I think I had like four different kinds of drinks, not several of each. Just, I would, I would make myself like a gin and so gin and tonic. And then I'd be like, all right, and that next, and then I'd make myself a Caesar. And then I'd go have a Ryan ginger. Ah, I have a problem. Anyways. Um, Saturday I did two tastings. Uh, that's an eight hour shift with a half hour break. And they would weigh the fuck out in the middle of nowhere, new area, bar Haven. So I was on my feet all day. And then, uh, and then Noreen, Jason's lovely girlfriend had, uh, had a barbecue. I was, I was late arriving to that. Cause I think I got there around nine o'clock, but there was people there having a good time. There was some leftover food to which I ate because I was nine hours, 10 hours without eating anything. The tastings are sometimes nowhere near uh, food or anything like that. But I, uh, yeah, I had a, had a couple of hamburgers and then we sat and we had drinks. I definitely brought drinks because you know me, I like to drink. I'm a thirsty guy. Um, but we had some good convos. There was a, I think we had a conversation about theology and uh, I won't get into that. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Right? I'm banging through this thing way too fast. We had... Um, well, what were we talking about? We were all talking about all sorts of, I think, I think Jason brought it up because, because they were talking about, you know, the, the effects I, again, late to this conversation, but they started, uh, talking about how like the religions effect on the state's <clears throat> politics and then how the further South you go, the more religion there is. And, uh, I think at one point too, we were just talking about how like uh, some people there were, were, uh, agnostic. Some people there were atheists, myself included, um, and Jason was even saying like, imagine if anybody here was actually religious, it probably wouldn't, you know, they goes, they'd probably be so hurt right now, you know, and they'd be objecting. And I go, well, maybe not. Maybe if somebody here is, you know, religious or spiritual, they would just feel very outnumbered and afraid to say something. But we got talking about how, like, um, how religion works. Like I was saying, I think Jason was talking about Santa Claus or something, just very briefly. 
mentioned like, you know, oh, well, kids, kids have all sorts of things. Or, or maybe I brought it up. But the point is a, a point that I made a long time ago, and I'm sure some people have already made this connection very, very long ago. But when people talk about Santa Claus, you know, I, I always say like Santa Claus is just religion for kids. That's all it is, right? I mean, if you look at the difference between God and Santa, there really isn't much there. But if you, if you try to sell a kid on religion, right. And get him to really buy that hook, line and sinker, he hasn't really got any incentive, not, not from a child's point of view, right? Like as an adult, you go, of course there's incentive. You, you be a good person, you go to heaven, you, you bad, you go to hell. Yeah. You can't really expect a kid to give two shits about that right now, because especially when the teachings are like, you know, ah, you say a story and, and it's all forgiven. Right. So you, you gotta, you gotta change that up a little bit, right? You gotta make the, you gotta make it an incentive a kid can have. So we were talking about how like some people stay religious for so long in their lives. And, you know, Jason was talking about how he was raised with it, whatever. And, you know, and, uh, and someone else at the table, you know, still considers themselves very religious, but they don't buy into like, they consider themselves uh, like, you know, Catholic or Christian or whatever, but they're like, but I don't, I don't agree with this part and I don't follow this part. And I go, well, then you're not that, you know, you can't join a club and go, I follow 20% of your charter and I call myself that you're not. I said, if you believe in more, but you don't follow, subscribe to any one person's set of rules, then you're agnostic. It means you believe in more. You're just not really that religion. I go, you can't, you can't say you're Christian or whatever and be like, but I'm totally okay with gay people getting married and I don't believe in this. And it's like. I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, I, I call, I would love to be agnostic. I would love to believe in something more. I just haven't seen enough evidence of it. And I could totally be wrong. I'm, I'm open to it. I like this. I've, I've told you guys before, I, I believe more in the Eastern, uh, philosophies and stuff like that. But I think, uh, when it comes to organized religion, there's just too much hate in it for me to, to subscribe to it. You know what I mean? Like, again, my, the big one that loses me in a lot of religions are when they hate gay people. When they hate gay people, I, I just, I can't for the life of me understand it, you know, because you're the person's biggest crime is loving another person. Like that's their biggest crime. Just, it's the wrong person in, in your eyes. Anyways, I, I will I'll get off my fucking soapbox about that, but I just, I can't, I can't be a part of any religion. That's like, my God is all about love. It's like, okay. Um, but why, then why is it such a crime to love someone of the same sex? You know, like that you're going to go to hell because you loved the wrong person. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I saw a conversation one time, a long time ago about people when they were talking about unconditional love. I think it was also at Noreen's barbecue, but a while back, that's what we do is we get together and we, we solve the world's religion problems at these barbecues. But, uh, someone was talking about like relationships and I, and I asked them if they believed in unconditional love. And, uh, we had, we had just recently spoken about religion too, but I was like, do you guys believe in unconditional love? And someone's absolutely. I go, it's an interesting concept. I go, because even God doesn't love unconditionally. You know, some of you might argue, of course, of course he does. Mm, not when he's willing to sell you and send you to hell for, you know, this or that, right? You got to meet a certain set of rules to, to, to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I, I find, uh, you know. As much as the idea of unconditional love is absolutely beautiful, eh, even uh, the creator, the one who made us all, uh, doesn't love us unconditionally, you know? If he did, he wouldn't send us to hell. You go, well, he loves you, but it's a punishment forever. I'm like, well, then God doesn't know forgiveness, and why is he expecting us to be supreme beings, right? That motherfucker can't forgive you. So yeah, you just got to say you're sorry. Well, can you say sorry in hell? What happens if you're in hell? And you go, all right, I get it. I apologize. If it's punishment, right? Because the whole nature of punishment, watch me go off on a goddamn tangent. Um... <laughs> the whole idea of punishment is to rehabilitate, right? 
punishment fits the crime, and then you learn from it and you become a better person. The whole Bible stories and every religion. Uh, speaking of which, I read the mythology book by DK from The Big Idea Simply Explained that we're having a contest in currently. Uh, that book is all about different, you know, stories that come from different parts of the world that generally speaking, all are very similar to stories in religion and stuff like that, that predate those religious stories. So the idea of all that shit is it's just lessons to, to be a good person, live a better life. But going back to the Santa Claus thing that I was fucking rambling about forever ago, the point is a kid, you tell a kid, oh, well, you got to be good or you're going to, you know, you're going to go to hell. And they're like, all right, when, when you die, when's that? And, uh, maybe a very long time from now, or, you know, maybe tomorrow if you get in the wrong van, who knows? <laughs> Fuck, that's dark. But the point is, is, is well, well another, later on. So how do you get a kid to just go, all right, like you can't, you can't scare a kid and be like, ah, don't do that. Or in 50 years, you're going to fucking go to hell. And they'll be like, ah, oh, say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry when I'm, when I'm older than you, you know, and that'll, that'll fix all. I mean, again, kids don't think that way. Kids, there's a very immediacy, right? Tell your kids in the grocery store, you know, Hey, if you buy this chocolate bar now, you're not getting that thing tomorrow. And they go, okay. Right. And then they get it now. And then the next day, what the fuck? Like they don't have any planning for the future skills whatsoever. So to tell a kid, ah, uh, be good, you know, and then we're going to know if you're good or not, right? Because you can't just be like, good, be good. And then they're, they're smart. They're animals. We all are. We adapt. We learn, oh, well, if I have to be good just when I'm around you, well, then I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bad over here. Then I'm, I'm just not going to let you get catch me. Of course, I'm a little angel. Clink, clink, clink. So you got to throw in that whole, well, God can see you all the time thing. You know, ah, oh, shit. Well, it looks like I'm not off the hook because he's always sees me. Always sees me. Right? But again. Kids don't care about that part. So what do you got to do? You got to make a temporary religion for kids. And what do you call it? You call it Santa Claus, right? He sees you when he's sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. For, so be good for goodness sake. And what is the reward with Santa? Well, it's what every kid wants. Toys and goodies and all the things that they want. Because, you know, hey, that thing that you want, well, you don't get it if you're not good. And that's the thing, right? Kids go, oh, I get that, you know, write the letters, find out what it is, all that shit. And that's something that you can hold over them all the time. Hey, hey, better be good because Santa's going to see it and he's not going to bring you what you want. You really want it, don't you? Yeah. All right. And they've also eliminated themselves. Not like just like, hey, at Christmas time, I buy you the toy you want if you've been good. And Santa Claus tells me because then you just manipulate your parents, right? Santa's something different. Santa, Santa, you can't sit there and argue with and say, well, I'll be good if you get it for me. Nope. Santa's out in the North Pole and he watches you. And then you just wake up in the morning and see if he brought it or not. Right? So anyways, my point is, is that Santa Claus is religion for children. Right? But then what happens? You get older and you realize well, it wasn't really a thing. You know, you got, you got the stuff and whatnot, but you really was a manipulation tactic. You know? Oh, it's fun. People say, sure. And they say spiritualism is great and all that. And I'm sure there's good aspects of it, but it's funny to me that, that people can be a part of it. Right. And, and tell their kids that this is a thing and that's a thing, right. Create these little spiritual practices, you know, or holiday, they call them holiday practice, little holidays, just fun things to make the holidays more fun. Sure. And they are, it's fun as hell playing with kids and doing all the Christmas stuff. It is, it's great. But at the end of the day, when you look at it and go, that's eh, religion for kids. But then one day you grow up, you become older and you find out that it's not real, you know, and it was fun and it was a cool way to teach some lessons, but it's not real. And, uh, it's funny that adults can't look at their own religion that way at times and go, maybe there's, you know, maybe it's really not a real thing. Maybe someone else made the rules and they did it to control us in a certain way and get us to give and get us to, you know, not do this, not do that. And there's not, I'm not saying all religions people, but then there's the people who fucking 
get way wicked into it, super wicked into it, you know? And I've, I've always joked that, you know, I tried to come up with a way to tell people like, you know, if your religion works for you, cool, like use it. Don't try to make it work on me. I referred to it as like television sets. We all got a TV, but the manual that works for your TV isn't necessarily the one that's going to work for mine. We're all watching the same show, right? Life. Hmm? We'll connect a little metaphor for you guys who don't get it, right? We're all watching the same show. We're all watching these TVs, you know? Yeah, they're, but they're different. Each one of them is different. What's what your book says about yours isn't necessarily going to work for mine. So let me just watch my show and you watch your show and you know, you work yours the way I'm, you're going to work yours and I'm going to work where I mind the way I work mine. You know, just one book doesn't work for all of them. Anyways, not a great metaphor. What I'm going to work on and someday when I feel like having a whole crowd hate me, I'll bring that one out on stage. Talk about fucking everything wrong with religion. Jesus Christ. Wow. Anyways. So we, yeah, we talked about theology. We talked about, you know, relationships. We talked, but it was late. It was like three 30 in the morning, uh, before we got out of there, lots of drinks. Luckily Noreen lives very, very close, but yeah, that was Saturday night, Sunday, I had another tasting and I, I cleaned up. Oh, and we'd also talked about, I apologize. We talked about, uh, other sort of mental manipulation and, um, what was the other thing? Social fuck. I had the same thing happened to Jay when he's trying to explain it. Social compliance. I'm going to say it like two times right now. Social compliance, social compliance, because I'll probably forget again. But um, there's a great um, movie, you know, documentary, whatever, on Netflix called The Push. And it's about how if you use social compliance, you know, and, and people put in the right set of circumstances and and, you know, conditioning and things like that. If you could actually convince someone to commit murder, the push is someone being pushed off a building. Could you convince someone to commit murder? And uh, I watched that on Sunday after everyone was talking about it. And um, it was good. I mean, I, I can't really get too, too much into it. I've seen things like that on um, on Facebook before. In fact, they even do a similar, um, like almost identical uh, what is it? Um, what the fuck is it called? Exercise, I guess, or experiment. So they bring people into a room for like a job interview or something like that. And then they like have a bell and everyone who's sitting down when the bell goes off, everyone stands up. And then when the bell goes off again, everyone sits back down, but they start off with actors. So this new person walks in, sits down and then bing, and everyone who stands up and then the person sits still sitting and looks at them, you know, and the bell goes back down, they sit back down. And so what happens is every time a new person is added, eventually they start to stand up and sit down with everyone else. They don't know why they're doing it, but they just do it all the time, you know, every time it happens. And, and then at one point they pull the actors out and now it's all these people who've not had any explanation of why they're standing and sitting with this bell, but they just keep doing it. Right. Cause they just, they're social, social compliance. They're doing the same thing that everyone else did. Right. Cause people are more influenced by the, the herd or the group. There was also another, um, exercise. Um, it's not a live one. It was done through like, a, an animation, but it was expressed about, uh, a science experiment a long time ago about how like they put five monkeys in a cage and a ladder in the middle with some bananas up the ladder. And when one monkey would climb the ladder to get the bananas, all the other four monkeys got hosed. And so eventually when a monkey started to go up that ladder, all the other monkeys would grab them, pull them down and beat the shit out of them. Right. And, and that would happen. So every time a monkey would climb the ladder, you know, 
the others start getting hold, they'd beat the shit out of him to prevent him from getting the bananas. So what happened is they'd pull one monkey out of the one monkey out of the group and put a new monkey in. So of course that new monkey would go to climb the ladder and then all the other monkeys grab him, beat the shit out of him, whatever. And eventually they they phased out all the monkeys so that none of them were any of the original monkeys. And what happened was anytime a new monkey was introduced, the other monkeys would beat the shit out of him for climbing the ladder, even though none of them had ever been hosed, right? The originals had, so they knew what the, the, the punishment for climbing the ladder was, but all the other ones never knew. They just did what the rest of the group was, was because that's the way it always was. You climb the ladder, you get the shit kicked out of you. So that's, that was another example of social compliance. So, uh, the push on Netflix, uh, at least in Canada, I would certainly recommend checking that out. It's, it was very fun to watch. Um, and I started watching a scary movie called before I wake and uh, I had to turn it off cause it was too scary. It was way too scary. I got really scared. Um, <laughs> the nature of the movie is funny cause I was putting my laundry away and I have this little closet in my room, but it's so packed with clothes and I have such an overactive imagination, such a fucking overactive imagination that, uh, it's like these things that pop out of like confined areas and the, uh, my closet's so packed with this shit as I'm like pressing hard with my clothes to make a gap in them to hang up a new one. Every time I open the thing up, I just worried something's going to pop out. I have this, I'm the fucking idiot. I have the most overactive imagination. I'm telling you right now. Um, so anyways, I watched before I wake yesterday, Monday, I did Uber. So here's a funny story that I'll tell you about yesterday. I, uh, I, I had a, a, a bad dream and I can't remember a whole lot of it. All I remember it was like, it was like, I was at like a paintball range or whatever the fuck you call it with, um, you have a new message from camera. Oh, good. It's been approved. Good. Better pay me fucking tomorrow. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting notification after notification after notification on my wrist. Um, I was at this paintball place and there was a bunch of kids there and I don't remember much about the dream, but I remember there's this one little boy and all the other kids were fucking bullying him. Um, just cute little kid, just bullying the shit out of this kid. And, uh, and I woke up and as always, whenever something, you know, and then justice is happening, my, my really, my heart went out to it and I was just, and I don't know why, but the, the, the shroud of feeling that I was left was just like, kids are so fucking cruel. And I just, my heart would break just cause I know there's kids out there who are getting bullied and shit like that. And they don't have, they, a themselves are too young to understand the psychology behind other people's insecurities and treating them like garbage. And at the same time, that, you know, a lot of them probably don't have parents who a have enough time for them or B themselves don't understand, you know, uh, about insecurities and shit like that and, and don't know how to coach their kids. And there's a lot of fucking guidance counselors and shit like that who are failed human beings. And I mean that like from the bottom of my heart, there's guidance counselors out there. Not, not that I've had bad ones, you know, they've all been bad myself, but I, I the guidance counselor, I swear to God, like the queen is less of a figurehead than a fucking guidance counselor in a school. I think that's like a liability thing, like having a fucking uh, fire extinguisher or, you know, a first aid kit somewhere. And even those get used. I think, I swear to God, it's like, guidance counselors are fucking useless. That's the job you get when you don't know how to get a job or, or what kind of job you should do. Worst human beings ever. But I, I know that I've been times where, you know, it's uh, it's funny, Mike Stork, the interview I did with Mike Stork, Mikey talked about this too, about how like when you're a kid and you go to authority for help, a lot of times they don't help you, right? They'll be like, well, let's put the two of you in a room and let's talk it out, which I think anybody in their fucking right mind knows that that doesn't work with kids. You take a bully and you rat them out and put them in a room. Guess what? Things are going to get worse. 
Even the kids fucking know that, which is why most of them don't do it. And the bullying continues in that regard. But uh, Mike was talking about how like a lot of people who have problem with authority, it's usually because authority was never there to help them. Authority only ever punished them. Um, again, the, the codependency and all the things that Mikey and I talk about is, I really strongly recommend you guys listen to Mike Stork's interview that I did. Uh, we had a great convo, some good laughs, but a lot of just interesting insights and in human beings and stuff. Anyways, I digress. What I'm getting at is, um, what am I getting at? I, I woke up feeling like, you know what? I would love to be able to be a positive, you know, part of some, some poor kid's life who really, you know, is afraid to go to school. I've had days like that, man. When I was a kid, I got bullied. And I know what it's like to be fucking terrified to go to school, you know, to just be terrified of being picked on and teased. Like at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you. Now I've got a thicker skin, you know, I, I, I do, I'm grateful for, for all the experiences that I had growing up because I do believe it made me have a thicker skin. It made me understand what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. You know, I'm, I'm someday I'm going to look back. You know, unless I get hit by a bus or get into the wrong van myself, um, I'm going to look back and I'm going to be glad that I was picked on. I'm going to be glad that I was poor. I'm going to be glad that I was overweight because it's going to give me an empathy for people who have, who struggle with a lot of different things where you come from a lot of, you know, who knows what else I'm really, I don't need anything else world. I think three is enough. <laughs> you know, don't, uh, I don't need cancer or anything like that to be able to relate to the, you know, that kind of thing. I think, uh, I think poor, overweight and, uh, and, and bullied, you know, <clears throat> that'll do, that'll do. Um, but all I'm saying is I, I think it's going to make me, I think it has made me a stronger person and a more empathetic person. Um, so I, uh, I just, I hope that maybe some kid who, who, you know, maybe doesn't have the support system that I had or, or whatever else it is. You know, I, I basically, I had a bad dream and I woke up and I was like, ah, how do I, how do I join bigger brothers or whatever? Or am I too old for that? Like, I wonder if bigger brothers, if you have to be like, you know, maybe it's like ah, after 18, you can't do it. All I knew is I'm like, how do I, how do I spend time with a kid, you know, be a, an ear or a mentor and maybe make his life better, you know? And I don't know why I was like, I'll spend an hour with like a bunch of different kids, you know, every week they'll give me a different kid and I'll fucking... All Michelle Pfeiffer dangerous minds and be like, you know, it's going to be okay. He told me to stay, gave me a candy bar, called me the light, you know, I, um, and then I'm like, oh, they're probably gonna give me the same kid forever. And, uh, and then I'll just end up disappointed. I'll get busy, right? Go on the road or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. I, uh, I can't see you. We can Skype. You know, I also don't know what kind of kid they're going to give me, but you know, and they were talking about mentoring programs and you're through activities and certain things that you'll make his life. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. And then watch it end up being a religious thing or whatever. But, um, uh, there's like boys and girls club. I don't know what the fuck they do there. I think it's just like after school activities for kids and shit. But, uh, but here's, here's the real thing. I called those fucking assholes and, uh, <laughs> that's a great way to start. Hey, eh, Josh, go on your podcast and call big brothers, big sisters of Canada assholes. Well, I called them. Uh, Monday morning, bright and early, right? So after the I left a message. I called saying, hi, I would like to give my time free of charge to help a needy child. What do I need to do? Here's my phone number. I'd love to help. Please give me a call back. Two days later, 6.15 PM currently, I have heard nothing back from them. Not a call, not a message, nothing. And that's why charities don't work. Um, when people want to help, you don't get off your fucking asses and call them back. So 
I don't really, uh, not trying to be a prick, but for Christ's sakes, somebody wants to help call them back, get the ball rolling. Give me a call back. Say, Hey, listen, we're, we're just, we got a lot going on right now. Can I call you in a couple of, just to keep the communication warm? Because I guarantee you probably a lot of people are like me. You wake up, you had a bad dream and you got a little bit of a fire lit under you and then life comes back, washes everything away and you go, Oh yeah, this place is all shit. Anyways, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. I still don't feel that way. If they get back to me, I will still do something. But again, I, uh, that was my experience. I woke up. I still was like, I want to help. I want to maybe be there for somebody, try to make their life a little bit better and they won't return my calls. So, uh, call, I called once, but, uh, but how about that? Oh, and by the way, their menu system was insane to navigate. It took me about 15 minutes going through the menus before I was even able to leave a message. Again, this is trying to give them time for free, give them what they need to make this program successful, no call back. So anyways, fuck them is what I'm trying to say. Go fuck yourselves. Um, in a respectful way, go fuck yourself because you know what? It's not about you. It's about the kids and you're not helping them by not calling people back. Anyways, whatever. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'll let you guys know next week, right? We'll find out if a fucking, a, a, a hot week can go by without these assholes giving me a call back. And I will be sure to tell them. Um, if they do call that, you know, Hey, maybe a little bit of urgency, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get people more involved in this. So, um, I also, so I have, but having said that, um, Oh, how do I get into this without sounding like a piece of garbage? I mean, if that last part, if I was comfortable saying the things I said in the last part, how, how bad is this gonna make me sound? So that same morning I woke up, I actually drive, uh, I drive Uber as I've mentioned before, but I get these rides that are called assist rides. And they're rides where I need to help people who have a difficulty of some kind. It could be a visual impairment or something like that, hard of hearing. But uh, it's usually people who need assistance um, getting in and out of vehicles. So I was inundated with assists yesterday in the morning. So right when I have this, this glowing moment of, oh, I want to help people, people who can't help themselves, I get a ridiculous amount of assist rides. And I have to tell you, that they were, um, oh Jesus, uh, okay, um, so I blow an air through my face. <sighs> Fuck, this is the longest I've paused trying to sit. You know, you know what? They were difficult, good people, but difficult. Um, I had, uh, please forgive me. I'm, I'm just telling it the way it is. Okay. I had severely, severely overweight people get into my car. All right. Sweaty, stinky, spilling into my lap because the back seat wasn't big enough for them. Spilling into my lap big. And, you know, and I'm putting like walkers and stuff in the back of the car. Luckily my car seats fold down and shit, but I'm putting like walkers in and there. I have a, like a battery that I bring in there that that's also an air pump. So in case I, my battery doesn't start or my tires go flat, I got a pump in there, putting walkers in. It like tore a piece off of that when I was trying to get it out. They're just big. It was just, it's put it this way. I'm like, I want to help people who can't help themselves. And I got inundated with, I don't give a fuck. You know, it was just an uh, just unhappy experience. It was almost like, are you sure you want to help people? Because these are the people that need help. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. They need help. And the worst was too, was like, I would drive 10 minutes, to pick them up. And then they were going three blocks, but they can't walk themselves. So like, I'll be honest with you, the amount of time it took them to get in and out of the car and stuff like that was that. And I felt, it just felt gross. Cause I'm like, they're sweating all over my seats 
and they're spilling into my lap. Like I got to go home and throw these clothes in the wash because they're just, they're sweat. Um, anyways, um, nothing but love towards the person. I get it. You got your own shit. I've been big fat and couldn't fit in shit before and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, but let's just put it this way. When I'm like, Oh, I want to help people can't help themselves. I want to be a better person. And then I was like, Oh, this is helping people. I go, I think you might've got, you know, Hey, big guy. We didn't, uh, not, not the passenger, the one who's not upstairs, but everyone thinks is, um, I'm like, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you misunderstood what I said when I was like, I want to help people. I almost feel like the universe will do that to you sometimes. Like, you know, you want to help people. Well, here's some people need help. Still want to do that. And I'm like, why would you try to talk me out of being nice to people? Anyways, um, I got inundated with the assist rides and I would take, I would drive way farther to pick them up than they were actually going. So it was just a pain in the ass, but it didn't destroy my desire to want to help the kids, but it did make me go, "Ugh, these assist rides are disgusting. They're disgusting. And you know, there's some, there's some people who are just, like I said, visually impaired or whatever. They're nice. They're pleasant. You know, they, they, they're not, they're not, but there's, but the, the big ones, the big ones, the goddamn biggers, they, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I know you hate yourself. I, I had periods of time where I, I told you guys on fuck God knows how many episodes ago. There's a time in my life where I was just, when I had the, the lump on my side, I had no idea what it was. Like I would go a few days without showering. Cause I just didn't want that intimate time washing my body and going over things that were scaring the shit out of me to the point where I had a boss. Like my boss one time was like, uh, dude, uh, I know you're a big guy, whatever, but if you're having issues with, you know, uh, uh body fragrance, <laughs> interesting, interesting name for it. Uh, you know, like maybe just got to put on more deodorant or whatever. So now that's the thing when, 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 what you're doing is affecting other people, you know, like there's a, there's a thing for us to be polite. And I totally agree with it. There's no reason to make them to make someone feel bad needlessly, but there's gotta be a certain level of self-awareness too, to be like, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to get in a stranger's car, you know, and I'm soaking wet from sweat. You know, maybe I should, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. That's all. That's all I'm saying is I was inundated with that kind of shit yesterday. Um, and then I went out and I, I did some more writing. I got some more, um, some more shit posted. I, I did a spot at open mic Mondays, worked on the same joke. Got a little bit more of it out there. Very, very pleased with the results. Uh, I'm going to keep banging away at it. But then, uh, then I did something bad. I had a, a beer or two. I had a good conversation with some friends, whatever. And then I went and I ordered a Monday night pizza. And I got to say, uh, disappointingly in myself, uh, I, I crushed an entire, uh, small pizza from, uh, from Gabriel's last night while watching a movie at like 1130 at night. So not only was it a terrible time to eat a terrible thing to eat. I've been such a good, what have I been? I've been a good bitch for a while now, but that was, uh, that was not okay. Not okay. And I regret it. And I gotta, I gotta watch. I'm telling you right now, it's the, it's the drinking when you're drinking, you're not, you're not going, ah, do I really want you drinking? You're like, oh, food, not as bad as being high. But then again, it's been a really long time since I've been so high and had the munchies, but Regardless, still got on the scale this morning, still, still in the two eighties. So that's a good thing. I haven't, I haven't worked out in a few days and, uh, I got to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to be jumping on the, uh, the elliptical this evening. I was going to go to the gym and do a bunch of other stuff, but I got my, uh, I got some, some, uh, Canada revenue agency mail telling me to hurry the fuck up on my tax return or they're going to assess me themselves. I'm like, shit. So the next, next week is going to be taxes. All right. So what can I fucking tell you guys to move this thing along? Um, Oh, I saw something, you know, what I saw, I was at Walmart the other day getting something for my tastings, I think on Sunday. And this was this, I found this to be a little fucked up again, like parents, I, this is what I heard. And this is what I assume. I'm not saying it's exactly what it was, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what it was is it was a threat regardless. 
It was a threat. But I'm walking out of Walmart, all right? I'm, I'm walking out of Walmart as one who's unsuccessful does, all right? I'm walking out of Walmart, heading to my car, and I hear someone fucking scream. Like, ah, blah, like a low, low tone scream. So not like a shriek, but a scream, yell, whatever. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm, I'm walking and I see there's a guy standing at the door of a van and there's someone in the van. And I'm like, I'm watching it, walking in case someone needs help or whatever. And it screams again and I see it's a kid and it looks like he's got maybe autism or special needs. And then I just hear his father go, ah, hey, no, calm down, calm down, or I'm going to put it on YouTube. And I kept on, I was like, my head, I was like, what the fuck? I was walking and I go in my head, I'm like, well, I know that I'm sure all the kids these days are fascinated with, with, you know, YouTube and streaming and, you know, content and apps and all that shit on TV, Netflix. And I'm like, so I know a lot of kids just all they do is sit around and watch YouTube videos. Fucking no adults, Kamar, that just sit around and watch YouTube videos all the time. And I go, yeah, it's like, anyways, the, the, the point being is I understand how, how big YouTube is and people understand the concept of YouTube. That YouTube's where a lot of your embarrassing shit ends up. Um, but it was interesting to me because I'm like, that dad just threatened his kid. I don't know if he's serious or not. I, I hope not. I would imagine not. But I just I just thought it was funny. Like, it's like, you know, you're going to go on timeout. I'm going to take away your toys. The threat now is, hey, calm down or I'm going to put it on YouTube. And the kid, the kid, like, I was like, this is packing the car and I was watching it because I, I wanted to see if it escalated or whatever. But I see the kid, like, you know, a minute or so later, like, getting out of the car calm again very very visible that he had special needs or autism or something like that but i was just like i for i i really thought it was i thought it was horrible and i thought it was kind of funny that that's where parents are at now with their threats that you know i'll put it on youtube threatening to embarrass your child you know but i thought it, I, what i thought was horrible when i was with someone with special needs right as i was like Maybe that's the only thing that gets through him. I don't know. That was an experience I had. Just it was it was yelling. The kid was yelling, and he goes, "Calm down, or I'll put it on YouTube." You know, and that's I, and I really, really hope, I really hope that he's not serious, because you put someone with special needs on YouTube, and then the fucking hate army comes out and just says horrible things. And I would hate. I would hope that it was just the th the threat. And that's the end of it. Because if, I mean, if he, if, if the threat worked because the father's done it in the past, and he goes, look at all these people are saying about you, huh? What do you think of that? There's some horrible fucking human beings out there that would totally do that to their kid and be like, well, look what it says. You don't want that to happen again. I'll take it down if you're good. Right. Santa Claus for kids. Gotta lie to him. I don't know. So that's the thing I heard this week. Anyways, um, I told you guys about being a bigger brother. Told you guys about, uh. Uh, you know what? I want to ask you guys this too. I've been asking for a while now, but it's very important because I'm trying to free up a little bit of airtime. I'm looking to get some new partners and I'm looking to free up a little bit of airtime. So I wanted to ask you guys in terms of the, uh, the partners that I've had on the podcast so far, are there any of them that you really like and you'd be sad to, to hear gone? Um, I love DK and I'll tell you guys right now, DK ain't no going nowhere. All right. I love those people. I love reading their books. I love sharing the, what I love with you guys. But, uh, but I still want your feedback. If you guys hate the part where I talk about DK, I, I, I want to know, but from, from your reactions and, and the contest that's going on, I don't think that's the case, but I do have, uh, I do have my partners at portablepress.com and I read an article from them every week. I want to know some, I've had some people tell me that they skip when I read the article, they skip over it. And I've had some people who say that they really look forward to it. They appreciate the little piece of trivia or whatever. Um, 
So I want to know, do you guys like portable press? Do you hate hearing the summers be ad? You know, are you guys, are you guys sick of that? What about absolute? Again, absolute's great partner. Uh, you know, my, my good friend, Jason, I, I like having, uh, being able to promote him and my shows on, the on the podcast. Plus, you know, it, it never inundates me with anything. I hit the button. It's over in a minute, you know, but I just want to know, like, are there any ads that you guys are just so sick of? And you're like, you know what? I just, I just never want to hear it again. I never want to hear it again. I don't know. That's all. I'm just, I'm curious. What part of the, the partner portion do you guys enjoy and what part do you really despise? Cause, uh, if I bring in more partners, I certainly don't want to have, you know, a, a 20 minute period where you guys are just listening to ads or, or me running my mouth about a company. So that's all just a, just a question for you, but, um, my humble brag for this week. Oh, sorry. Before I get to that, I just want to say that I signed up for a new service called Kanga ride, like kangaroo only on a set of OO at the end. It's our IDE Kanga ride. Um, what it is, is it's kind of like Uber where they, they set up, you know, you can go on there and you can do ride sharing between cities. So when I go to Toronto next month, I set up a ride from Ottawa to Toronto and, uh, and then a ride of course, from uh, Toronto to Ottawa back the following Monday. And what it does is it finds people who's looking for those rides. They can pay kangaroo or they buy a token to be set up at the ride and, uh, and then they pay me cash to, to drive them there. So it's just a good way to make use of the fact that I'm going between cities and it's great for you guys too. So if you want to check it out, they're not a sponsor or a partner. It's just a thing that I checked out, but I've, I've signed up for it and I've, I've posted a ride and I've even got a couple riders so far. So, um, that's a cool thing. And of course I'll tell you about that experience. You guys will hear all about it when we get to that point in my life. Cause that's what I do. I tell you guys how shit works. So that's the thing. So my humble brag for this week has been that for some reason, okay. And I do feel good about it, which is why it's a humble brag. Um, but it's a humble brag because I'm also being humble in the sense that I don't feel like I'm qualified for all this, but it does feel nice is a lot of people have been coming to me for advice lately. And I don't mean like, Hey man, can we, can we schedule a time? I just mean that like even my Uber passengers, like we'll be, we'll be chatting for a couple minutes. I'm like, Hey man, can I ask, can I, can I get something off my chest? Can I talk to you about something? I was like, sure. I think the fact that I'm anonymous, I'm a stranger, but I, I seem to make people feel very comfortable is people are like confiding in me and telling me stuff that you would think normally someone would, would, con, you know, condemn them for, or whatever. And I'm not talking about murders or anything, but just like a guy did something really unethical at work. One of my passengers and not insanely unethical, but he did something that he shouldn't have done because he wanted to get out of there. And, and then he was, you know, talking about how he couldn't sleep that night and he felt awful and he was getting, I was driving him to work and he's like, I'm going to go in and, and tell my bosses what I did and, and, you know, face the music. But I just, uh, I don't know what he did. And I, and I chatted with him about it and, you know, and, uh, and he was, he was really nice. He was like, thanks so much. And he gave me a huge tip. And I think it's probably because he feels like I gave him good advice. I don't know, but I've had a lot of people lately just saying, I want to kind of, can I ask you about something? I talked about something and some of them are podcast listeners or whatever. And I, I just think it's, um, I'm, I'm truly, truly honored that, that people would take the time to confide in me. Um, but more so that, that they trust my judgment. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like I, I, I haven't always been the, the person with the, the right way things I've made mistakes and everything like that. But, um, one of the things I'm really trying to do with the rest of my life is to be a more honest and, uh, and good person and, uh, and be the person that I would want to be right. That's, that's the best, best trick you can do is, well, you know, if you want, if you want to be someone, I've probably said this before, but if you want to be some, someone, Every time you're faced with a decision, and I don't mean big ones, any decision, any any small decision, big decision, whatever, is you just you just do what the person that you want to be would do in that situation, you know, and go well, you know, the person I'd want to be, and I don't mean the person like you find somebody who's already there, just the characteristics, the virtues of the person. 
Well, the person I want to be wouldn't do that. They would be upstanding or this or that. And then you just do what they would do. And guess what? In time, you don't even have to be like, well, what would the person I want to be do? Just, that's just who you are now. You've, you've conditioned yourself to make decisions that way. That's, that is who you are now. Anyways. All right. I digress. Um, so that's my humble brag this week. People have been, uh, been coming to me and, and asking for advice. And I, I feel very honored to, for people to confide in me. I don't know that I, I always tell them, I don't know that I have the right answer, but I'll, I'll tell you what I think. And, um, it's been cool. So, so thank you so much for the people who've, uh, you know, who've, uh, confided in me. Um, this week I also watched, uh, some of train wreck. I haven't started it or sorry, I haven't finished it yet, but I watched that push documentary that I told you guys about. I, I still re highly recommend it. And train wreck, Amy Schumer. I really thought it was just going to be her more talking about sex since the whole movie is about a girl who has sex, you know, uses sex as a coping mechanism and things like that. But, um, it was actually pretty funny. I haven't finished it yet, but there's some really funny scenes. Now there is your standard jokes of Amy Schumer's there where it's like stupid sex jokes. And I think it's more of the Judd Apatow influence. Cause I know he's like an executive producer or he directed it or something, but, um, you know, just like a stupid joke at one point, uh, one of the last scenes I saw before I fell asleep. It's like, it's like, you know, uh, the, the guys upstairs have a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, work and everything like that. And they could, they could probably use help with their loads. And she's like, Oh, I'll hand, I'll take all their loads. Like just stupid, stupid stupid jokes like that. The ones you see coming a mile away, but there was really, really funny ones and the really, really funny concepts and scenes and things like that. So, um, check it out. Uh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll turn into complete garbage later and I'll hate it. But so far, like the, the hour that I saw was actually fairly entertaining. So, um, I, I, and I do want to take a second too, before I get into the, the sponsor portion, I just want to say, um, a really deep, uh, heartfelt thank you to every single one of you guys that listens to this. And I, and I mean that I know for me, I run my mouth and I throw it on the internet. I go, ah, just people can listen to it whenever. And then you guys chat me. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. I want you to know how much I, I really do truly appreciate the fact that, that whatever you guys are doing with your lives, you all have lives busy. You're all going through your own struggles. You're all trying to, you know, be as happy as you can with your shit. The fact that you find time to, to put me and my running my mouth <laughs> um, into your weeks, wherever it may be. And sometimes you get a little behind and that's, that's cool. Shit happens. Listen, I, I get it. Um, but the fact that you guys are, are, you know, you've pretty much been with me for, you know, now we're over a year. We're, we're, you know, we'll be a year and a half soon. We're 64 episodes in. Um, I just want you to know that it really does mean a lot to me that, that you guys are listening and you're, you're, you know, just paying attention to what's going on with me and listen to my stupid stories. Um, it's, it's cool. It's like a little, um, you know, my, my public journal, right. That's out there for everyone to hear and what's going on with me. It just, uh, it really does help, um, any kind of, you know, depression or, or, or sad feelings or anything like that, which is why, and I'm not using this as a segue. I didn't fish you in with the thank you. I, I want you to know that. So let me just end it by saying, you know, this portion by saying, I, I appreciate the fact that you're there. Thank you for listening. I love the fact that I've made uh, new friends and just people who've just tuned in and listened and, and, you know, uh, I've become closer with because of this podcast. Um, I'm, I'm so glad I was able to reconnect with so many, so many people who it's been too long. Um, and a lot of, you know, who you are. Um, I I'm glad that you guys are out there. I'm glad that you're listening. It really, I love you very, very, very much. Every single one of you that listens, even if it's your first time, thanks for being here an hour into my podcast and still listening. So, um, but having said that, I, because I'm talking about how much I enjoy the opportunity to just sort of put something out there and, and feel good. The fact that I really don't feel that judge every now and again, I'll get into a little subject that I feel is a little taboo, but, um, 
I, I open it up to you guys to send an emails, contact at onemanpodcast.com because you know what? Sometimes shitty stuff happens. And if you want to send it to me and you're cool with me reading it out, you know, we get it out there and then maybe that'll, that'll, other people will say what they think, or, or maybe they'll feel more comfortable sharing an experience that they've had. And at least, you know, everyone says talking about shit makes you feel better. And keep in mind too, that there's so many of my circle of friends, my closer friends, that despite the fact that not each one of you has your own podcast, know that when you send me an email and you talk about something, not only do I read it and I get to, to hear about it, but all of, all of the people listening get to hear it too. So other we're, we're, the more we contribute with stuff, the more we're connecting to all of our, us listening, not just myself. So that's why I say like anybody going through some shit or, or anything that you want to talk about, just to feel like, you know, you did something and you get to tell everybody at once instead of having to tell the story or hope that someone sees it in your newsfeed, send it in contact at one man podcast.com. I'll tell you right now, I won't judge it. You know, anyways, let's, let's move on. The point being is once you put it in paper, you know, it's uh, once, once you put it out there, it's uh, it's out there and you get to, to relax. And uh, having said that, I wonder if that's a good enough segue into my partners at portablepress.com. <laughs> Uncle John's bathroom readers. Uh, I figured I found this funny little, uh, I'm reading from the, uh, the edition, Uncle John's awe-inspiring bathroom reader. And the, uh, the article I picked was court transcripts, they call it, which is, Things that people have said in court that of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, right? Once it's in paper, it's there, it's there for good. You said it and here it is. So these are some funny things that people have said in court. As the verdict is in court transcripts make some of the best bathroom reading there is. These were actually said word for word in a court of law. So the first one, judge, uh, I know you, don't I? Defendant, uh, yes. Judge, all right, how do I know you? Defendant, judge, do I have to tell you? Judge, of course, you might be obstructing justice not to tell me. Defendant, okay, I was your bookie. <laughs> Next one, lawyer. How do you feel about defense attorneys? Juror, I think they should all be drowned at birth. Lawyer, well, then you are obviously biased for the prosecution. The juror, that's not true. I think prosecutors should be drowned at birth too. Uh, next one, judge. Please identify yourself for the record. Defendant, Colonel Ebenezer Jackson. Judge. What does the Colonel stand for defendant? Well, it's kind of like the honorable in front of your name, not a damn thing. Another one judge you are charged with habitual drunkenness. Have you anything to say in your defense defendant habitual thirstiness? <laughs> Another one plaintiff lawyer. What doctor treated you for the injuries you sustained while at work plaintiff, Dr. J plaintiff's lawyer. And what kind of physician is Dr. J the plaintiff? Well, I'm not sure, but I remember that you said he was a good plaintiff's doctor. <laughs> Another one. This is just a question that someone asked in court. Do you have any children or anything of that kind? Uh, another question and answer uh, question. Do you have any suggestions as to what prevented this from being a murder trial instead of an attempted murder trial? The answer, the victim lived <laughs> another, just, just a question. Uh, you don't know, sorry. You don't know what it was and you don't know what it looked like, but can you describe it? <laughs> Uh, defend. Okay. So here's another, the last one defendant. If I called you a son of a bitch, what would you do? Judge I'd hold you in contempt and assess an additional five years in jail. Sorry. Five days in jail defendant. What if I thought you were a son of a bitch judge? I can't do anything about that. There's no law against thinking defendant. In that case, I think you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> that's it guys. That's court transcripts. The running feet at the bottom says it takes 4,000 grains of sugar to fill a teaspoon. And that my friends, portablepress.com, my friends. 
<laughs> at Uncle John's bathroom reader, and that was court transcripts. Um, as I mentioned to you guys before, um, I will be performing at all three Absolute Comedy Clubs this fall. Uh, well, this summer, if you can't the Toronto one, uh, the, the earliest August 14th to the 19th in Toronto, September 27th to the 30th in Ottawa, and finally December 26th to the 31st in Kingston. Guys, come check me out at Absolute Comedy. I would love to see you. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, and who else is there? Who do I forget? I never forget them. Come on, you know that. It's the same all the time. We got my partners at DK, guys, Dorling Kindersley. And uh, and this week, I read um, an interesting book. Not that, not that any of them aren't interesting, but I read a book called Essential Oils, All Natural Remedies and Recipes for Your Mind, Body, and Home. So I thought the same thing about this book. My friend, uh, my friend Vanessa... Uh, had messaged, sorry, she, she liked the post when it was on Twitter, but she's like, I can't share this because of my, uh, my feelings about, you know, natural remedies and stuff like that. So I, I have to say, um, that it's not like, Hey, take an essential oil to cure like cancer or something like that. Um, the essential oils book is talking, um, not so much about like products. It's more about what the actual oils do. Like, for example, we all know I would hope that anyone who's dealt with issues with like burns and skin issues that you can put tea tree oil and vitamin E and, and things like that on, on, you know, contact to, to make cures and things, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different oils. Shea butter effectively is an oil, you know what I mean? That, that we all know moisturizes and things like that. So this book is actually more so about, um, the effects of, of things that we already know are tried and tested and true. They're not uh, like, Hey, if you take fucking, uh, I'd be making up a plant name and I, and I don't know that, but it's like, Oh yeah, take uh, such and such oil and it's going to, you know, cure your cataracts. No, no. The book is really cool in the sense, cause I don't know anything about that stuff. So I was fascinated to know, cause I'm, I'm trying to do things 
you know, more natural and stuff like that. This book teaches you not only how to make like lotions, but like candles and bath bombs and then your own mixes and stuff too. So the, the beginning of the book gives you an idea of what really essential oils are. And a lot of the healing that they refer to is actually, um, smell receptors and things like that. Like your olfactory system about how certain smells will actually calm the mind because of mental associations with other things too. So some of the healing that, and, and remedies that they're issues actually things about like anti-anxiety and stuff like that coming from aromatherapy. So it, it's not so much to say that, um, they're like, yeah, again, take, take this and it's going to cure that. They're not, they're not being, they're, they're not trying to claim to be doctors. They're trying to actually use proven, um, you know, olfactory and, and neuro, neuro recognitions and things like that, neural pathways and say like, these are things that have, have worked as anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory, all sorts of different things for a very, very long time and are still used today in medications. Only medications that are made synthetically often will target one thing. And, uh, and essential oils can actually do multiple things in the body because they are natural. They are real things that are provided in nature. Like where, where do you think that that medication comes from? You know, they, they get things from stuff and they convert it into others, but, um, purity is also an issue. Anyways, the first part of the book is really cool because it actually tells you about different kinds of oils, how they can be used, whether you smell them or rub them on the skin or whatever. Like a lot of it's not necessarily talking about ingestion because the fastest way to absorb, um, oils is, is either, uh, transdermally through the skin or, or through the nose. Uh, to smell it because there's, there's receptors that go right to the brain and, uh, and your brain will, will, you know, do things when, uh, I don't want to say confronted, but effectively, you know, uh, when it, when it smells this shit. So, um, it, it's really cool because the first bit, bit talks about all different kinds of oils and how they work. Then they start to talk about how, and again, like all DK books, it doesn't just go, Hey, here's a book about oils. And then you page one, this kind of oil, page two, that kind of oil. Like it, it, they don't do that. They will actually talk to you about the subject matter of the book and give you a ton of explanation. They're telling you where in the world certain oils come from, um, the process of which oils are extracted from their source. So whether it's, um, geez, here, let me get the exact names. Cause I, it's been a little bit since I read it. Um, I actually spent the most time reading this one over the course of the week. So, um, where was the extraction types? Uh, sorry guys. It was, it was incredibly fascinating when I was reading it. Here we go. So they've got four different kinds of extraction. One of them is, uh, steam distillation. So they basically, you know, get the oils out by steaming and the oils come out. They have an expression one, which is, um, you know, it's pressed and the oils come out. So for example, like if you ever squeeze a lemon peel or orange peel, like you'll see the little glands burst and the oils come out through the pores and they have absolute extraction, which is used for like, like oils on flower petals and things like that, where it's very, very sensitive. Um, you'd almost destroy it in the process of, uh, you know, steaming or pressing it. And they have a new one that's called CO2 extraction, which is in its infancy, but, uh, but it's, it's said to preserve the most amount of oil, um, in the end. So it's something that they're, they're working on. So, um, then there's whole sections on how to use the essential oils and, and what's the best way to store them. What's the best way to shop for them, everything like that. And then, and then of course, once, once you go through all of that, um, there's a big section on the oils themselves, and then you can read each different type of, of oil and see what they're good for. You know, like what, what does it suggest this kind of oil for? And it's not like blends or anything like that. Nope. That comes later in the book. This one is like, okay, you can use a little, um, here, let me pick one just for fun. Um, I just went past lime and orange oil. There's coriander oil, cumin, they're alphabetical. Hmm. Eh, what, which one do I want to pick? I want something that's uh, going to be fun. 
just for fun. Um, lavender oil seems too commonplace. What's something that's weird? Um, tea tree oil. I already brought that up. Kajaput. Never heard of it. Lemon balm. Peppermint oil. Ooh, nutmeg has oil. There, myrtle. Let's go with myrtle. Sounds like an old chick. Myrtle oil gained its popularity. So I'll give you an example of what it would say. So at the top of each page, it tells you like diffuser, mouthwash, bath oil, tells you all sorts of different things. Oh, okay. You know what? This one's for you, Kamara. I'm going to give you the, the, the one for this. So this one's hand wash and diffuser. It's oregano oil. Kamara was the one who, who definitely said, you know, earlier on that uh, when you're starting to feel good for immunity, oregano oil is something that you can, that you can use. So here, I'm going to read you guys what it says for oregano oil, just for fun. So oregano oil, um, Oregonum vulgar, it'll give you its binomial nomenclature name, prized for centuries for its healing qualities, oregano has a powerful antibacterial action. The essential oil is traditionally used to treat complaints as diverse as in indigestion and diarrhea, insect bites, earaches, rheumatism, and coughs. What is it good for? Has an antibacterial action. Oregano contains compounds that have shown to inhibit the growth of bacteria such as Pseudomonas, uh, Eurogenosa, and Staphylococcus. I totally fucked it up. And Staphylococcus aureus. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like I'm reading my fucking uh, bar mitzvah here. You know, I'm reading from the Torah. The oil can also help to relieve urinary tract infections. How about that shit? Uh, helps fight fungal infections. The essential oil has been shown to inhibit the growth of Candida albicans, the fungus that causes oral yeast cancer sores. Oh, oh sorry. Can I apologize. Canker sores. Very different. Uh, skin rashes and athlete's foot and also inhibits the fungi that causes nails that cause nail infections. Relieves menstrual cramps, eh? ladies. Um, it's uh, analgesic, analgesic <laughs> action can ease menstrual cramps and other abdominal pains. Uh, clear sinuses. A few drops of the oil on a tissue or in a steam inhalation can help to clear blocked sinuses and loosen phlegm. Hey, how about that shit? So best uses as an antibacterial wash, add eight to 10 drops um, to an unscented liquid soap for an antibacterial hand wash, um, in a diffuser, add four, uh, sorry, two to four drops to a diffuser to ease congestion and safe usage dilute well before use less than 1% avoid using in pregnancy when breastfeeding and in children under seven years old. Uh, the plant, a member of the mint family, this aromatic culinary herb, sometimes called wild marjoram, uh, originates from hilly Greek countryside, but is now grown around the world. The essential oil, the pale yellow oil is produced by steam distillation of the fresh oregano leaves. It has a spicy peppery aroma with a hint of camphor. So there you go. That's what, uh, that's what it has on the pages with the oils. And there's so many oils. And then they have, uh, then they have a section which they call, um, Jesus, how do I say base oils? That was the name of them. So base oils are kind of like the things that they use to put, you know, like if you're trying to make an oil that's that's got some some you know, put a few drops of I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Put a few drops of something into the base oil because you're not going to just drop these on their own. You put two or three drops in something and it's not going to go far. So what they do is they have the base oils. So for example, cocoa butter and grapeseed oil and wheat germ and almond almond oil and all that kind of stuff. Sesame oil. Those are all examples of like you know olive oil, um, coconut oil. These are. Canola, canola oil even are all examples of base base oil. So you can add your drops to that. Um, it tells you how they're used and what if, if they have any values on their own almond oil, you know, sesame oil, that kind of shit. Um, but the fact that those are base oils, so you can add your other oils to them to make them sort of, uh, 
you know, to not, there's not necessarily to stretch them out, but as the, as the, uh, catalyst, you know, to, uh, to bring it up. So if, you know, put a couple drops of one oil into, you know, canola oil or whatever it is, there's your, there's your little, you know, shit that you use as your, as your massage oil or some shit like that. Anyways, that's that there's, there's base oils. And then there's the essential oils is basically how it works. So then going further into the book, they have the essential oil recipes. So they'll have different kinds of things that you might be looking to do moisturizing bath melts. And, you know, they have a section on pampering and beauty, like the uplifting candle, lemon, lime root scent, kind of things like that. Um, they've got like home and body fragrances and, and all sorts of purifying and cleansing blends, um, calming, right blend of, for focus, they, the uh, sorry, aromatherapy stuff, but the idea is that they have the recipes in the book. So now you can, you can use everything that you've learned thus far and actually create your own kind of shit for home, um, and whatnot. And then they have actual healing remedies in the back. It's not a huge section, but, uh, they have things in here for like, uh, you know, acne, skin and hair section, muscle and joint problems, general aches, circulate circulatory problems and things like that. So they even have varicose veins and hemorrhoids. All right. To give you an idea, but nausea, vomiting. Cool. So that's, uh, that's essential oils. I strongly recommend it. And I, and I'm not going to lie. I'm actually going to go out and maybe pick up a few different oils. I think I'm going to try the aromatherapy stuff first and see if I can get, um, see if I can get, a little bit more calming stuff with, with, I got sinusitis and I have allergies coming up. So I think I've been meaning to get a diffuser for a while. I really thought it was just to, to make smell, but if I can put a diffuser in there and actually start to, to get better, better breathing and maybe calm the anxiety stuff. A lot of the stuff I've read in that book was like anti-anxiety stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely interested in giving it a try, but, uh, but essential oils by DK, all natural remedies and recipes for your mind, body, and home check it out. It is very cool. I really, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I was going to enjoy this as much as I did. I thought I might, you know, might get one or two things out of it. And, uh, it really does seem to be an all natural way because we know that the mind is the, the center of our, our universe. Everyone's seen at least anyone who's actually judging this on any kind of critical level. Um, if they're listening to it and going, ah, it seems stupid and they pass. All right, well, it's not for you then. But if anyone was like, yeah, okay, maybe, but what about this? And what about the medical industry? And, 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 you know, Red, you said something very smart about, you know, well, I I'm, would not suggest doing this without talking to a doctor. Absolutely. But we all know how the mind will deal with placebos. A lot of people have said, you know, uh, doctors, not, not me or mouthpieces, but a lot of people have said that when, uh, you know, if your body believes the placebo effect in your body, your body will actually create a lot of, uh, its own healing properties just out of that pure belief. You know, it'll create its own anti-inflammatory. Your body can create painkillers on its own. Um, but the, the fact that, uh, it uses like olfactory senses and memory triggering, just, you smell something and it reminds you of something else and it creates, um, you know, calming effects. I, I, I do believe that you can use aromatherapy to calm yourself and to lower your anxiety or maybe to work on focus and stuff like that. So I give it a trial, let you know how it works. But anyways, one last time, essential oils, all natural remedies and recipes for your mind, body and home by DK wicked cool book. And that was the sponsors guys. Thank you to all my sponsors coming up this week. I'm going out in the back porch to smoke a cigar and drink a scotch. That's it. Um, if I make it out on time, I'm going to go check out the first night of the pro viewer comic finals, which are happening uh, here in Ottawa and Toronto all this week. So again, if you're looking for something fun to do in the area, Ottawa and Toronto have five hopeful comedians, one of which will win a week of shows at all three absolute comedy clubs, Ottawa, Kingston, and Toronto. So good luck to all of them. I'm hoping to go out and see uh, the first night because I'm going to have a busy week later on. Um, I'm going to be Ubering all week. I got, I got, uh, 
you know, tastings to do this coming weekend. I've also got to focus on my taxes now that I've been told, um, you know, what's going on tomorrow. I'm going to be sitting down with my buddy, Jeff Leeson. We're going to be recording a podcast. So if that works out, then on Friday, I will have a new, uh, bonus episode for you guys did not have a bonus episode the entire month of July. So, um, I'm hoping to have one for you guys then. Um, yeah, but we're going to tax this tasting. I got an audition on Friday. So on Friday, while you guys are listening to the Jeff Leeson podcast, I will be doing an audition to play a, you know, cab driver, couple little lines in a, you know, a movie of the week or whatever on TV. I, I don't know if I'll get it or not. I haven't heard anything back from the last audition. So I probably didn't get it. I don't care. But, uh, Hey, it is what it is. And this one they asked me for, I didn't send them. They, they, they sent out a thing and I started to reply to it and I never got it finished. And then I got an email from them saying that they wanted me to audition for this role. So that says a little something, right? So I'll do that. And then that's, that's about it guys. Uh, you know, uh, my friend, uh, my friend, Brendan and his wife, Jade, they're having their reception. They got married, uh, in Mexico, I believe, but they're, um, they're having their reception here in Ottawa on Saturday night. So I'll be doing that. So I'll have some shit to tell you guys about next week, but get into the email uh, this week. Uh, so for all of you contact at one man If you want to send an email, my friend, Vanessa, AKA red writes, Hey, so a couple weeks ago, you asked how long you can leave something in the freezer and still eat it. He, John, her husband, says to typically eat it within a year. If it's vac-packed, you might get another six months. Thought you'd like to know, best of luck emptying your freezer. Well, the freezer is good and emptied. At least it's packed with new fresh stuff. But um, but yeah, having said that, um, yeah, I, I, I ended up chucking out that shit. I tried the broccoli. It was disgusting. So I went out and I just bought all new veg. I think the, the following following day or two after I'd, I'd said them in the podcast. So, um, all, all fresh. I will have all that stuff gone within a year, no doubt. Um, but yeah, thank you for writing that in. And yes, any, anything like that. Uh, also you were mentioning, um, you know, your, your husband is a chef. I know that, uh, get that story of food book read. It's fucking awesome. Uh, really, really, really awesome book. I, I really truly believe that he'll like it. There's also a, a book I'll be reading soon called eat better, live longer. And I've also got, uh, I might be doing two next week. I've got, again, some more of this, like living a better life theme stuff for DK. I will have some more, uh, you know, diversified. I made a big list for them and there's, again, they're super wicked. They're sending me all sorts of stuff. I know that dinosaur one was a weird sidestep from what I normally do, but I've just got so many of these personal, you know, betterment books. I've even got, uh, you know, you guys can do that too, right? You know, you can go on the DK website. There's a book you want me to review send it to me. It's just got to be one of their relatively newer ones. If it's something from like 2010, you know, it's, 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 it's missed its mark in terms of the audience. They probably got something newer coming down the pipeline anyways, but, um, I'm always happy to, to read to you guys, you know, read to you to, to review something that you're interested in too. Right. Like, um, but I think for, for myself, you know, these, these trying to work on anti-anxiety and mindfulness and, and even the, the minimalist one, which was super fucking cool. Um, yeah, let me know uh, if there's anything you guys are interested in. I hope that the DK books are somewhere along the vein of, of stuff that you're interested in. I try to switch it up enough from, you know, food, exercise, health, mindfulness. The The Big Idea Simply Explained series are, are awesome. I uh, I bought myself the art book last week. So uh, super jazzed for that. And I know that they've got the classical music book coming out soon. And I do like classical. I'm not uh, I'm not super versed in it. You know, I enjoy classical music. I like being able to hear instruments and just, it's always astonishing <laughs> to hear so many people working together to make something so beautiful as, as classical music. The old you get, I think when you're young, you don't give a shit about that stuff, but I like classical music. Um, makes me feel like I'm a smart motherfucker. Um, but yeah, 
cool. I'll, I'll, I got I got new books coming. I got a big cool list of stuff. I might have some World War you know some World War books coming up, and and there's an inventions book from the Smithsonian that came out. I'm gonna bug Chris. Uh, oh, there you go. So that's the first time I've said his name. My buddy Chris at uh, at DK, my my contact. I've been calling him, but I don't want to. I don't want to throw him under the bus. Everyone start calling DK, asking for Chris. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I might uh, I might bug Chris for uh, for the, uh, the the World War One book and the Smithsonian one. But um, great dude, great dude. Love chatting with that guy. Super supportive of the podcast and, and just basically sends anything that I'm like, oh, what about this thing? On its way, sir. So. Big shout out to him. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that's that's the podcast for this week, guys. Like I said, if you want to send in an email one last time, I won't bug you again. Contact at one manpodcast.com. Uh, thank you to all my sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersb, and dk.com slash ca in Canada.com in the States. Or just Google DK Books uh, anywhere. And and please, if you're not already doing it, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, or like us, sorry, like us, whatever, who cares? you know how it works. Just go to the thing, YouTube. I started uploading new YouTube episodes too. Um, I mean, I'm still doing like episode 24, 25 on YouTube. I'm, I'm behind posting those, but they're going to be up there too. So let's get, uh, have a good time. You know, we're, we're connecting and we're having a better time together always. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys being here every single week. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope to have some fun stuff to tell you next week. And in the meantime, you guys live your lives, have some fun. And, uh, and if you can tell me about it, I'd love to hear it. Talk to you next week. <laughs>